Toronto FC, a team with a new direction after an off-season makeover. It's an all-Canadian affair. Matt working against Morgan. Puts it across the Lions! Yes! Marco DeVille! That's what we expected from him! To make those rainbows in my mind when I think of you sometime and I wanna spend some time with you just the two of us. Welcome to a special edition of the Two Solitudes podcast. Wayne Wollens here with Kevin Laramie. We're here to talk about the announcement that came out of Ontario yesterday. The OSA announced the creation of League One. Um, that's a semi-pro uh, level of uh, play that is uh, designed to take over from what used to be the CSL in terms of the permit here in Canada, the Division Three level. It will now join the PLSQ in Quebec to be the only two fully sanctioned Division Three semi-pro leagues in the country. An important step forward to the development pathway, I think, although there are challenges challenges ahead. Um, I was at the uh, the announcement yesterday here in, uh, in in Vaughan, Ontario, just north of Toronto. Um, have some some sound there from Dino Rossi, which is the chairman of that uh, new league. And uh, we're, we're just going to take you to that and uh, we'll have a listen to what Dino has to say now. And then we'll, we'll come out of that. And Kevin and I are going to talk a little bit more about what we heard. Yeah, we're hoping to. We're going to. Uh, we're hoping that uh, we can. Now that we're, we're we're solid, we know we're moving forward. We can we can speak to uh, Ed Witkowski and the people at the QSF. Uh, organize at the very least, maybe the winner of our league versus the winner of their league for an intercontinental one-off, uh, interprovincial one-off cup. So that's what we're hoping for, and we'll, we'll get everybody keep everybody posted if if we can move that way because that also requires some uh, sanctioning from the the CSA as well. So. Two years down the line, there might be an opening to get an expanded Boisterous Cup. Is that the ultimate? Uh, yeah, I can't speak to that. Our, everybody in this room who's involved in the league or involved with one of the teams wants to see a pathway from this level of football into the, into the I want to call it the Voyager's Cup, but we got to give some props to Amway and the Amway Cup. So uh, I think... I'd like to believe that there, there is going, there's an appetite for it, there is a plan for it, but all the details are far from being hashed out yet. Yeah. Describe the uh, quality of the play to someone who's never seen it. What do you think it's going to be? Well, I, you know, I mean, a lot of people in the in the Toronto area have a uh, a feel for what PDL soccer is like. I think this is going to be at that level and work its way higher in time. Um, you know, we have the benefit of a longer season. Uh, players who are not kind of borrowed from universities, but rather these are these are their clubs. They might be coming home from school, but they're coming home to their club, and that's a real big thing for us. We want this to be about building clubs from the bottom on up, and these teams are there are the ultimate aspiration point for a child who starts at Vaughan Soccer Club or Woodbridge Strikers or Sigma FC when they're six, eight years old. That that's where they want to be as a stepping stone, hopefully, to something even bigger. Yeah, talk to the CIS at all with this? Like, are they integrated with how this is going to work? No, that's a little early, but obviously we need to have a relationship with OUA, with CIS. Um, 
obviously what they offer is very important in the Ontario soccer scene and we can't pretend like they don't exist. We have to work with them. Uh, the OSA and the OUA are working very closely and building, forging strong alliances. My hope is that as those relationships get forged, we're going to be able to benefit from that uh, at the League One level and, and try to kind of work together. Um, any chance a couple years down the line that there might be a women's side here? Yes. Ron said it. Uh, you, you missed it. Ron said it in his opening that we want in 2015 to be announcing both a men's and a women's division. Um, we know that the opportunity gap that exists for male athletes once they've exhausted their opportunities at the youth, elite youth level exists just as much for female players and especially for those female players who at the end of their university career still are high-level athletes, are still very competitive and they want to be playing in the best possible league at, within their community. We have to, as, as a, a soccer association that serves both genders and does so with pride, we must have that same expression for both the male and the female. Thanks for listening to the Two Solid Dudes MLS podcast with Wayne Rollins and Kevin Larme on Canadian Soccer News. If you want to reach to any Kevin, email twosolidtudespodcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Two Solid Dudes Pod. Go like our page on Facebook. iTunes, rate and review. Now back to the show. And we're back. And uh, I apologize for the sound quality there. I was in a busy room there just just to, in case my voice was a little lower, uh, just to give you a recap of what those questions were, I asked him about whether there'd be integration with the PLSQ, uh, some kind of playoff there. I asked him about whether this might one day lead to uh, uh, integration with the Voyagers Cup, whether these teams may one day play in the uh, the Amway Canadian Championship, what the quality of play was, was the next question. I asked him whether there was cooperation with the Canadian university systems, uh, both in uh, the CIS, the, the OUA in Ontario. And then finally, I wrapped up by asking whether there was any plans to move it to the women's side so uh, i hope that clip was uh, beneficial to you uh kevin you're you, you've uh, seen uh, this level of soccer uh play out before with the plsq you've been to a few games there uh that uh, that league is uh, a couple years old now just what what's the experience in quebec uh been with that league and uh and, and how do you see its place right now i've always been surprised by the actual quality of play that i've seen from uh, the couple of teams i've seen i've seen the fc Beaubriand, the late FC Bobo, which I played for when I was a kid. So it was a shame that that team folded since last year. A couple teams folded, a couple teams were added to the fold this year. It's always a work in progress. It's always harder for a lower tier club or a semi-pro club to attract a consistent fan base. The one-offs are easy when you play against the Impact Academy or when you play against a better-known team like the Royal Beaupont from Quebec. When you play against those teams, it's easier to fill your stadium but the, the every the every week type of game against your own club has been a struggle for that league. The play condition, not all teams have, I'm not going to say soccer-specific stadium, I'm just going to say soccer-specific pitch. Some of the team actually playing on gridiron lines, which are not helping. We talked about that earlier with the DFC Edmonton situation. Some of those clubs are in the same situation. But the type of play, the type of soccer you can see on those games are... Really, really high level. It's a lot of former Impact players that used to play in the NASL are playing in that league. A lot of former NASL players, USL players, former Canada Men's National Team players are in that league too. So the play is exciting and it deserves more attention than it actually gets.
Yeah, and I, in the past, uh, used to watch a lot of Canadian Soccer League games. And uh, unfortunately, we're we're not going to belabor the CSL situation with the match-fixing allegations and with just the, the, the problems that that league ultimately led to the demise of that league. I know that they're going to stick around in an unsanctioned way, but I think that the, uh, the last rights are, are well on their way with the CSL. So we're not going to belabor that. But uh, having watched that level uh, quite closely in the past, it is it is a really worthwhile thing to do. Um, one thing that on the Canadian Soccer News, uh, on these podcasts, on both it's called Football Before and on this podcast now, we've always stressed the importance of supporting the local game at its its most basic level. Uh, you can support big clubs, big clubs in Canada, being the Impact or TFC or or Vancouver, and also support a smaller club at a local level and and support a big club internationally too. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give a quick rundown of the ten clubs that are uh, are starting this. It's kind of an interesting mix. Um, we'll talk a bit about you know whether these are the right clubs uh, after I, I list them off. But uh, basically, it's a, a league that's going to be mostly centered in the GTA. Uh, you have um, three t- three of former um, SAC Academy, or not former, three SAC Academy clubs. Uh, the SAC Academies are there's a bit of a controversy in Ontario with with whether the OSA is going to recognize them as part of the pyramid and so on and so forth. The academies, uh, of course, have a different model of play than community clubs. Uh, however, they they also have a different quality of standards. Uh, I'm on record supportive of the initiatives that the SAC clubs are doing. I think there's some great work done there, particularly Sigma Academy. We see a guy like Kyle Becker coming to the MLS draft. He came, he's a product of the Sigma Academy. Uh, they're one of the uh, the founding leagues in this uh, out in Mississauga. You have Masters FA, which is a team, uh, an academy up in the Scarborough area. I mean, you have A and B Football, which is an academy in King City, which is just North City. So you have the three academies, are uh, three of the seven teams that are coming into this. You have two, um, I guess three, we'll say, well, two, two, uh, two clubs that are outside of the GTA, uh, Windsor, uh, the Windsor Stars, and uh, Kingston um, Cataraqui Clippers. Uh, they, uh, they're the two sort of non-Toronto teams in this. Uh, in addition, you have uh, the Durham Power FC, which is out of Pickering, which is a GTA, GTA club. Um, kind of a mystery club, International de, de Toronto, um, <laughs> which is uh, Nobby Solando uh, used to play for Newcastle, uh, is uh, coaching on that team. So there's a bit of an interesting thing there. I, I met the, um, the the president, the founder of that club yesterday. Uh, it, it obviously, by the name, you can tell is going to be an Hispanic-based uh, club. Um, <laughs> I think that they're going for that kind of um, cultural sort of um, – uh, cachet to them, so mm-hmm. we'll see how that does. They're, uh, as far as I can tell, it's a little hard to get information on them right now. It seemed to be they're going to be based out of Etobicoke, I believe. Okay. Um, then you have Sigma, I mentioned in Mississauga. You have the TFC Academy up in Downsview, so that's another Toronto club. Uh, Bonazuri, which of course by the name is going to be an Italian-based club, and uh, the Woodbridge Strikers, which. Woodbridge is a very Italian place, so uh, you're, it's some familiar names. You know, Von Azuri, Woodbridge Strikers, these are names that have been around for a while. Uh, Durham, that's a big uh, youth club. Uh, the Kingston and Windsor, you know, there's there's a big soccer community there. I think Kings, the Kingston Clippers are going to be a little bit slightly different than the CSL team, so I'll be curious to see whether a city of that size can support two clubs. We'll have to see that. Um, you know, TFC Academy's in there, so that that adds a little bit of star power to to the mix as well. And as you said, I think that the, uh, TFC Academy is the team that is most set up to to potentially get a, an audience right off the get go if yeah. they if they promote it well within. Absolutely, and the, you talked about the academies, and there's one club in the Quebec PLSQ who are following the same path as the Sigma Academies. 
It's uh, ACP, which is an academy. And now they have an outlet to have a first team for the, for the first time in their couple years history. So, so former uh, player for the Montreal Impact and different teams in MLS, Eddie Sabrango, is one of the coach and one of the directors of the ACP Academy team. And is one of the uh, player trainer, player coach type, uh, Reggie Dunlop type players as well. So those are there's a lot of interesting tidbits of facts in leagues like that where you get a chance to see things like uh, a former star playing and coaching at the same time. Yeah, I, I'm not sure uh, whether you'll see many of that in the, the, in this um, the player or manager sort of situation. There is room for senior players on this, but the league uh, does stress that it wants to be about development. It wants to be uh, something a bridge sort of um, club situation for players that aren't quite ready to maybe go fully professional at 18, 19 years of age, but they may play for a couple years there. Um, the, the TFC Academy situation, it'll be the U20 team uh, in, in there, I believe, so that. Yeah, they, they may uh, in time move that up to a U23 situation right now. Uh, I'm sure that you may see a couple of Ridge players that are sticking around. Um, you know, it, it's it's an interesting challenge this league, and it's going to it's going to receive some some pushback from certain circles. There is already uh, some confusion with the uh, the other initiative which started this year, uh, the, the development league um, that Jason DeVos is spearheading. Uh, some resistance there. They believe that uh, that group of people believes that you need to build this this top level. You need to grow into it, and they're they're trying to create uh, through a development structure, through an elite development, uh, long term player development modeled focused uh, leagues uh, starting at the youngest age. They want that younger age groups age groups to continue to to graduate up and up and up from their club level until eventually they they form a U twenty three league in in four or five years from now. Uh, the people that are starting this league, uh, they believe that we need to get moving right away on this on this front, and uh, and and thus they have done so. So there is already some conflict there. Um, and yesterday, and I, I received some feedback from some people that called some of these organizations "quote unquote" bush leagues. Um, I would think that that's some Ontario petty jealousy coming out in the club level when they call that. And give, uh, like they give the team a chance. They still haven't played a game yet. They still haven't had the chance to prove if they were Bush League or not. So give the give the guys a chance. Yeah, and these ten teams. Um, there's a what I'll say about this is there was a commitment required from from the league to get sanctioning into this. To hundred thousand was the number they put forward that they want these clubs to spend a hundred thousand dollars to have a minimum of a hundred thousand dollar budget. There was a big resistance towards that, saying that these clubs can't generate that kind of revenue. That this is basically just setting these teams up to fail. I think a lot of people were thinking about this hundred thousand dollars in in a sense. They were thinking it was player salaries. I think, and I I, I think that they'd be correct if they, you know, we're not at the point where we can pay players a hundred thousand dollars for, you know, as a total team salary in this. That yeah. I think that would be suicide. But what they're talking about is overall hundred thousand dollar budget, which would include travel, which would include coaching, which would include development, which would include infrastructure, would include a lot of things. And yes, there might be. These are semi-pro leagues. There is room for a few of your players to be played, paid something a little bit beyond a stipend um, if that's necessary to supplement the, this income. And I think that the real important thing, and I think having talked to Dino, having talked to different people that are associated with this this launch, um, I think that their their focus is really on having the right level of coaching and development there. And I believe that you will see 
um, some money and most of the money spent on the coaching side of things. And that has to be a good thing. So as you said, you got to give these people a chance. You got to give this league a chance before you completely dismiss it out of hand. And you have a chance where we can see either a one-off or maybe like a cup competition between the PLSQ and the Ontario League One. Yeah, I think that uh, when I asked you know that the other day, he he was quick to say yes. That is something that they they are interested in talking with. Now, um, I I know Dino quite well, and he he's not a playoff guy. He he's been, he doesn't believe in that format in in soccer leagues. He he likes the single table. So I doubt you'd ever see an integrated playoff. But what you might see is is sort of a a cup. Uh, maybe integration of the cup one day, uh, so that you're having a, a Central Canadian uh, Cup competition or a Quebec Ontario Cup or whatever. Uh, but certainly a one game uh, or a home and home, if it came to it, uh, sort of situation where you're playing for some kind of cup between the two. But I, I think that uh, they're pretty committed to the um, the sanctity of the of having a single table league champion. But um, you know, some other interesting facts. I think that they've got to get credit for the uh, for coming up front and immediately uh, acknowledging the need to get this on the women's side. I think that that's one of the more exciting things to come out of the announcement yesterday. Um, it'd be nice if there was, there was a 2050, if it was more than just a commitment to 2015, if we actually had some teams in place, but at the same time, walk before run and all that. And it's going to be, you know, bluntly, it's going to be tough enough to get uh, support for the, for the men's side of things. Um, the women's side for, you know, we can criticize it or complain that people don't support the women's game. But the truth is that, you know, you have to be real sometimes and, and it is harder to attract fans to that. So uh, they've got to get uh, get this infrastructure running and you want these clubs to be um, sufficient before they, they start adding women's sides. But it, it is nice that they are committed to that and understand the need to do that. So I think that's that's important as well. I agree with you. And I'm starting a new initiative right now on Two Solitudes. You have to choose a club, adopt a League One or PLSQ club, and I am choosing the Woodbridge SC. The wine drinkers, the strikers, that is my new League One team, Dwayne. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, I'm going to play it play it cool for right now. Um, I'll let that in. Um, you know, I may be doing some work for for uh, League One down the line. Uh, we're, we're hoping, hopeful for that. So I uh, don't want to tip my hat, although if I had to, my local team, the closest team to where I live would be Masters. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see whether that works out for us, but no way in all seriousness. Yeah. If you, if you're living in Windsor or Kingston or, you know, you're close to, you live in Mississauga or Sigma Sigma. I have a lot of respect for Sigma. Um, they, that they've done a lot of great work there. So, uh, you know, I think that if you live close to this, you should get out and try and and try and check it out. Um, it's going to be something that, uh, I know that they have plans, um, at the OSA to give this league the type of media coverage that uh, that leagues like this haven't got before. And I think that that's key into to developing that. And and we on this podcast, from time to time, we'll, we'll address this. Um, we'll probably have Dino Razi on in, in the weeks to come to talk about the league in, in a little more detail. Um, it's just, I think, important to support the, the game at this level. And, and uh, you know, it, it can be hard sometimes to get the information out there because you are dealing with busy people that have other jobs and, and so on and so forth. And, and to just get basic information can be challenged sometimes, but we will try our best to uh, to both on Canadian Soccer News and, and on the Two Solitudes to, to continue to provide you coverage of that this year. 
And I think on that note, uh, we'll, we'll call that a day with our special uh, D3 uh, podcast today. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back on Monday, of course, to wrap up the weekend's action and whatever, uh, whatever other exciting news comes out of the uh, world of MLS and Canadian soccer. Uh, you got the uh, NASL season starts this week, so uh, good luck to the Fury and to FC Edmonton as they, they embark on that campaign. Uh, we'll we'll uh, keep you going. Uh, happy soccer until then. Good things might come to those who wait, but not for those who wait too late. We gotta go for all we know. Just the two of us. We can make